I am afraid that I have much news, and most of it is terrible. Welcome to The Mind Killer, the rationalist brain on politics. As always, I'm Wesley Fenza. I'm Inyash Brodsky. And I'm David. All right, and for most of you, this episode will be coming out on December 22nd, so this is de facto our Christmas episode. Yay! So Merry Christmas! I mean, happy holidays. I mean, season's greetings. Do people do people still care which one you say anymore? Uh, oh, hell yes. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, really? that's the other reason why I was bitching about being in South Carolina. Do they get you mad will... at you if you don't say Merry Christmas? Uh, by they, if you mean like one in every 200 people, uh, yes, which isn't a lot, but I work in the service industry. Uh. So, but this is like an entirely one-sided thing, right? Do like do blue staters ever get mad when people say Merry Christmas? No. Cuz I haven't seen that. I imagine some of them probably do it just like as a pure uh this upsets the red tribe so people should do it more often type of thing. Mm. But yeah, no. As far as I know, the war on Christmas is entirely one-sided. <laughs> It's off. It's just the Christmas defenders. Yes. <laughs> All right. All right. So we have some uh, some follow ups from our previous episodes. First is a piece of feedback we got. Eniash, you want to take that? Yeah, sure. Uh, this is in um, relation to the Dart probe that we were talking about last time, where they were going to uh, send a probe out to find a. It was an asteroid, wasn't it? To deflect the asteroid slightly? Yes. Yeah. Yes, they're going to they're gonna move the asteroid. Yes, uh, and we were wondering why it was called DART, because uh, it was... Uh, the D stood for double, right? I don't... Uh, well, th- we didn't know last time. Um, now it stands for, I think, Dimorphos? Uh, yes, which is a binary system, and it was chosen specifically because uh, it is a binary system because it's much easier to tell if the asteroid has been deflected slightly by looking for changes in how they orbit each other rather than having to, you know, somehow figure out if it is now on a slightly different trajectory than it was before. Oh, yeah, and the, yeah, the D did stand for double, so okay. that's what it's referring to. Yeah, and we were, like, talking about why, what, what's the double here? Is there two satellite yeah. probes? But, yeah. And that was that was from Old Windways on Discord. Thank you, Old Windways. Thank you, Old Windways. I, I just realized we've gotten, like, half a dozen of these, like, detail clarification things from Old Windways. Uh, so, yeah, thank you for all you do. You're really killing it. <laughs> yeah, he's, uh... He does this on all the podcasts, too. He's an honorary (laughs) co-host. He's a very careful listener. Nice. Uh, All right. So we also have a follow-up on the um, school shooting case where the parents were charged with... um, with, uh, What what was it they were charged with? Manslaughter. Uh, Manslaughter. manslaughter? Yeah, they were charged with manslaughter for buying their kid a gun. Um, Some additional details are that he was... Because I think we didn't have any details when we talked about this before. So he was caught at school that day Googling how to buy ammunition. Um, And he drew a picture of a bunch of people getting shot with the words, the thoughts won't stop. Somebody help me. Uh, Which is pretty crazy. Um, Their parents got called into school that day and to talk about this. Um, But for some reason, he was... They sent him back to class. And then uh, that's when that's when he like decided to start shooting people. Um, the prosecution is making a big deal out of the fact that the parents didn't search his backpack for the gun, uh, which I agree would have been ideal. But I don't. I have no idea how this gets to manslaughter. And as far as I heard, they thought the gun was locked up at home still. Yeah, yeah. it would have been better like to search, sure, but. Yeah, I don't. I also don't see how that gets to a manslaughter conviction. Yeah, and manslaughter. Um, I looked it up. You have it has to be something like um, the the natural and probable consequences of your actions are going to be a homicide, which I, I think that is so far from anything in this case. Like kids, I and I was talking about this in the Discord. Kids fantasize about killing people. It happens, especially boys. Yeah, um, I, I think the theory of the prosecution here is just that homicide is the natural and expected consequence of gun ownership, which fucked the prosecution. That's certainly what the uh, the news coverage of it from uh, liberal outlets is seems to be suggesting, which I agree is bullshit. 
So yeah, I guess they're just trying to scare anyone who has kids into not owning guns. Well, certainly not giving their kids guns. Yes, although I I would be hard pressed to say that like he was given the gun if it was supposed to have been locked up at home. Like he did. Well, no, they did give him the gun. Did, they like well, bought it for him for his birthday. Right, I but thought. did he have the code to the safe? Yeah, but they didn't say like, "Here you go, Timmy. Make sure you take this to school today." Right. I mean, if they did if, not, yes, they did not encourage him to take. The, to oh, they bought the gun as a gift for him. They did not put the gun in his possession. If he doesn't have the code to the safe, then like it's his nominally only, right? He can't access it unless they personally take it out and give it to him. So I wouldn't call that possession in any meaningful sense. Um. Yeah, I don't know what kind of access he had to the safe. Um. One of the one of the interesting details, which is I think which which you know, pisses off a lot of people, is that when he was caught Googling how to buy ammunition, his mom texted him and was like, I'm not mad at you, just don't get caught next time. (laughs) Which, to be fair, would be completely my response if my kid was caught. I mean, I won't ever be in this situation because my children will never darken the doors of a formal educational institution. Huzzah! (laughs) But uh, if... If, by some contrived coincidence, this did happen to me, that would 100% be my response to. Yeah, that's just good parenting. Yeah. All right. Um, And David, you have follow-up about the Australia uh, COVID measures and what's going on there, which we've been periodically revisiting. Yeah, so... I have, I often bang a drum about how you shouldn't support any law unless you're willing to have people die and or be arrested enforcing that law. And this has come home to roost in Australia's uh, COVID measures in the most toxic possible way. Uh, so the native Australian um, people, the the surviving um, indigenous population have had some vaccine hesitancy, which on the one hand is not great, but on the other hand, given the history of things like the Tuskegee syphilis experiment, completely fair on their part. And uh, they also refuse to comply with the measures put in place for tracking people who are not vaccinated. And uh a few dozen of them were put into basically internment camps, uh, including separation from their children and uh, um, just like being detained in quote unquote quarantine camps that they couldn't leave. Um, Seriously, quarantine camps? Yeah. And, and these and are people not, are these people not infected with COVID? Yes, these are. Um, um, these are people from a community that has had nine recently discovered COVID cases. Oh my god, nine. Yeah, um, which, uh, there are 38 close contacts, so I don't know how big the community itself is, but this is just so incredibly fucked up that I am having trouble even expressing it and the worst part of it well not the worst part but a really bad part is the uh people who are loudly and visibly upset about colonialism and neocolonialism and colonial oppression and whatever the fuck are going to say fuck all about this i know that they're going to say fuck all about it because this happened in mid-November, and I only just recently learned about it by reading Rune Soup, a blog about chaos magic. Wow. <sighs> I think something like this happened in China, too. I mean, I assume I assume it's just constantly happening in China because yeah. China. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the exact quote from Rune Soup I thought was appropriate. Uh, I can't even begin to tell you how demonic an evocation this act really is. Just what it dredges up from the soul of this very haunted nation. And then he goes on to quote someone else who also had good things to say. I assume the link will be in the show notes if you want to read the post. All right. Well, uh, stop being shit, Australia. Yep. All right. Uh, on to new news. Um, Merry Christmas, Omicron's here. Woohoo! The gift that keeps on giving. 
Yeah. Now we talked about Omicron a little bit in our last show, but it uh, we have a lot more information now. I uh, hope you've all been reading Z's blog. Um, it's estimated to be about 20% of cases now, uh, up from like almost none two weeks ago. Uh, so it's like very, very transmissible. Uh, Doubling time estimates have all been under two days, which is insane. Um, that means just really, really fast exponential growth. Um, Zv is predicting a peak in mid-January. Uh, and, I mean, this thing's going to peak at, like, half the population. So that that's very fast. That's less than a month from now. Uh, on the plus side... Still uh, looks like it's less less dangerous than the um, than the previous ver- uh, versions of COVID. That is true, but also COVID takes a couple of weeks to uh, get to the level of infection where people start dying, and we're not quite there yet. So it definitely looks that way, but the jury is still importantly out on that. Well, generally, deaths lag infections only by about two weeks. Um, so we won't have data from America right now, but we do have data from South Africa and a few other places. Um, and the South African study suggests that it's, uh, 29% milder after controlling for immunity, uh, from previous infections and vaccination status, uh, which would be great news. Um, some other guy named Andrew Lilly, I don't know who that is, but it's V-linked to him. So I assume he's not completely full of shit has an estimate that it has one-third the virulence of Delta, which would be fantastic news. Um, and Inyash, that's what you were talking about last episode. Yes. Where, like, if this thing is that much less virulent, then we want everyone to get it. Yeah. This is, like, best-case scenario. Yep. Uh, but that's still pretty um, unproven. Um, but there, all the evidence does suggest that it's at least somewhat milder. I've also seen, and again, this is not confirmed, just initial sort of kind of looks like kind of thing, uh, that it does less of the thing where uh, it fucks two cells up by kind of, I guess viruses do this? I just heard about it, um, where uh, the two cells kind of get fused into one if they're next to each other and is particularly bad for sensitive uh, areas like lungs and maybe part of the longer lasting effects that some people have, uh, that it doesn't do that nearly as much as Delta and the original COVID did. So it would be less, uh, less dangerous for long-term effects as well. That would be nice. Um, Zvi's advice, if you haven't read it, which you should, but in case you haven't, is basically either lock down hard right now, like don't go outdoors, basically, or plan on getting infected. Because uh, it's, it's going to be really tough to dodge this if you're doing anything at all to expose yourself to people. After three shots, my plan is getting infected and not yeah. being hurt by it. Yeah, same. Um, he says, make preparations now. Um, anything you would wish you had done in March 2020, anything you need to stock up on, um, go for it. I suggest stocking up on home tests because I feel like those are going to get very popular very soon and they're going to be in short supply again. Uh, I was able to just buy 10 of them off Amazon, so I suggest everybody goes and does that. Um, if you use disposable masks, um, you know, get yourself a box of those. Um, and uh, obviously get vaccinated and get your boosters. And uh, also stock up on um, index fund shorts. <laughs> you think the, talk, the stock market's going to tank? I mean, he's telling us to do everything you wish we did in March 2020. <laughs> That's a good <laughs> point. True. Um, well, yeah, keep an eye on it, though, because the stocks bounced right back after that, didn't they? Uh, yeah. Four weeks? Three weeks? Yeah, so you'll just want like uh uh one to one month to six weeks short, probably. All right. Investment advice from David. Mm-hmm. Hashtag not investment advice. <laughs> Don't take investment <laughs> advice from a podcast. If I have a lot of index funds right now, I should sell them all and then <laughs> rebuy after the crash. I mean, depending on your tax situation. Oh, stupid taxes. Yeah, you're right. I should do do both in the same in the same year, so wait until January first. Just buy the dip, man. Yeah, that works, too. Cool. All right. The other piece of non-news about Omicron is that we have a cure, of course, called Paxlovid, and it, of course, remains illegal because the FDA just hasn't gotten around to uh, approving it yet, despite the fact that it was proven safe and effective, what, three weeks ago? 
More than that? It was so effective that they had to discontinue the trials because it would be yep. immoral to allow people to take the uh, the placebo instead of the cure. Yep. So instead, nobody can take the cure. Friendly reminder that bioethics is functionally indistinguishable from figuring out the most ethical course of action and making it illegal. <laughs> oh, God, bioethics. <laughs> See, this is actually a thing I'm worried about because I think this is what happened with bioethics. Is somebody brought this up the other day about all these like COVID restrictions and rules and stuff. People are getting jobs doing this now. Lots. Lots. And that means there's going to be an interest group who is very invested in keeping this going forever because uh, people's jobs are now on the line. That like if we go back to normal, suddenly these people are all fired. I, well, I don't think we're ever going to go back to normal. People have already decided that they don't want to go back to normal. Like, this this is just how we're going to be from now on, so we have to start getting used to um, living as if the COVID situation isn't going to change. And I have decided I do not want to live with a mask over my face, and I do not put them on anymore now that I am triple vaccinated unless someone actually comes up to me and says, put them on. Like, just having a sign in the door, it's not it's not enough for me anymore. And I know that kind of makes me a dick, but whatever. Actually, they're doing that yeah. too. Yeah, no, it doesn't make you a dick. <laughs> makes don't you get me a wrong. person who values freedom. Don't get me wrong. There are dicks in this situation. You, I am comfortable saying, are not one of them. I mean, if it's somebody's private business and they have a sign on the door, I think I should generally respect those signs. This is just one of those cases where I've decided not to anyway, even though I know it's the antisocial thing to do. Okay, so here's my counterpoint. It's much easier for the government to mandate a sign in the door than it is for <clears throat> them to mandate enforcement. Yeah, that's and a good point. Uh, if the sign, if the owner is just putting the sign up to make sure their ass is covered when the tax man comes around, then I am fine with that. If they're actually enforcing it, then I am comfortable inflicting the social awkwardness of them actually having to ask me face-to-face on them. You know, that's a darn good point. I'm going to think of it that way from now on, because that allows me to continue doing what I want to do. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Uh, No, I think think that, obviously, we're not going completely back to 2019, but I think eventually, within a year or two, we would... We'll probably be back to mostly normal, but I am worried that there's this whole industry now that is that is going to be trying to keep this going, and I feel like we're gonna we're, the the equilibrium we settle on is going to be less less normal than uh, it otherwise would have been. I think one of the strongest proponents for this is going to be teachers' unions because they don't want to be in school any more than the kids do, most of them, and uh, I don't yeah, entirely true. blame them. But yeah, they're going to keep pushing the you know COVID means that we can't we can't go back to schools for a long time, and it's going to affect everything else. Yeah, but eventually they have to go back, right? <sighs> the government has a lot of money that it can burn. Yeah, but in ten years, it's not going to be like, oh, there was a COVID outbreak, shut down the school. Well, that sounds like exactly the sort of thing they would do. Honestly, oh, I'm thinking more like in 10 years, they're going to be like, yeah, we still can't reopen the schools because COVID has still been here for 10 years. No, you guys are crazy. <laughs> I think that's what they would like. Uh, that, that may be what they would like. They're not going to get it. Counterpoint, the nuclear industry is still shut down because we had a mishap wherein no one died like 10 years ago. And another mishap wherein no one died like 50 years before that. Yeah, but when you shut down a nuclear plant, it doesn't inconvenience like hundreds of parents for every t- tiny one you shut down. Um, there's there's a countervailing force here, which is that parents want their kids at school. And if the schools don't open, they're just going to send their kids to different schools and vote out the school boards and, and, and things like that. Like there are there are other forces pushing for especially schools to go back to normal. I do consider this the silver lining of COVID, that schools are getting seriously fucked by it and uh, maybe will actually be killed by it. Public schools. Well, I, don't, I don't think they're going to be killed, but I do think it's raising awareness of the fact that schools do not exist to serve the students. Yeah. Thank God for that. <laughs> uh, sadly, uh, the majority is still not getting the message, but I'm sure people are on the margins. Uh, all right, and Eniash, you had something about uh, COVID-related. Yeah, this is uh, the other uh, cure cure treatment that was uh, created. That w- this one by Merck, uh, the mal- 
Malnupravir? I don't know. They named these things the most <laughs> crazy <laughs> shit. Malnupravir. Hold on. Hold on. Say that again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, David, why'd you tell him? <laughs> Thank you, David. I would have never got that. I would have just spat out random consonants and, and vowel combinations. Uh, but uh, that's the one that doesn't work as well. And and in further testing, the the downgraded how light how much it seems to work to about uh, reducing severity about thirty percent or so. Um, it's uh, the one that w we covered, I think, two months ago. I was really excited about it at first because the initial tests uh, had had a higher efficacy than thirty percent, and also because of how it works is just metal as fuck. It makes the virus mutate so much that it mutates itself to death. Uh, which I really enjoyed. It, it gives the virus his virus cancer. Yes, exactly. Uh, problem that with that metal. is there's uh, there's some cells in the human body which are you know pretty sensitive to mutations as well. Uh, no. Yeah, yeah. The, the the ones that get reproduced really quickly, like sperm, for example, uh, really sensitive to that kind of thing. Anyways, uh, it is so bad for. Um, well, I don't know. This is per uh, WebDev Mason, who has a great Twitter feed, and I know I've told everyone to avoid Twitter like the play because it's horrible and you should never use it. <laughs> I, I say that with the exception of like three or four feeds, which are actually pretty darn cool, and as long as you constrict your Twitter just to a few very highly curated feeds, uh, then maybe it's okay. But uh, per Mason, the uh, the Mulpuvivinar... Mul <laughs> This particular treatment uh, does significant harm to fetuses in animal models, uh, so much so that Merck suggests using contraceptives during and after treatment. Uh, I'm not sure how much longer after, because that was not <laughs> Forever. Yeah, right. You use this treatment once and you can't have kids. Sorry. Uh, but no, it's, it's, it's pretty darn uh, bad. And, and sorry, um, which treatment is this? Uh, this is the Merck one. Um, which Merck one? <laughs> The one that yeah. starts with M. Inej, be specific. Come on. Our, our <laughs> listeners need to know what we're talking about. Mjolnir. It's the Mjolnir one. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, uh, it's still, reduction of 30% uh, of, of the severity of the COVID, pre pretty decent. You know, might help keep some people out of the hospital, might keep some people alive. Uh, but actually, flu... Fugsock, fluxamine? God damn it. <laughs> I hate drugs. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm isolating <laughs> that audio. Inyash Brodsky hates drugs. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> if they just named it something easy like weed or, you know, LSD, much easier to pronounce. Flavoxamine. Let's go with that. Uh, it's a standard SSRI, usually used for OCD, sometimes for depression, and appears to also have about a 30% severity reduction for COVID, uh, which, again, not much, but better than nothing, and doesn't have all these other effects uh, on on fertility and danger to fetuses. So WebDev Mason was just like, why would why would anyone use the Merck thing when you can use this thing instead? And I think the primary reason is because it has not gotten the FDA um, magical seal that says you can use it for covid uh so yeah on the upside the, the fda has not made it illegal so that's true it's got so, that up on uh certain other medications so inyash uh given that what do you consider to be true about the fda i believe that the sda at the fda must be destroyed considered that the fda must be destroyed oh yes yes all right um, and also Speaking COVID related. Speaking of the FDA. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Let's go. That was a great segue right into, uh, Fauci. Uh, both Fauci <laughs> and Collins, this is about, uh, Fauci's emails have been dropped. Uh, I don't know exactly how many, but there were lots. Uh, and I don't know. This, this seems to be a similar thing where conservatives are really big on it and keep talking about emails. What is it about, like, conservative news agencies and harping on emails? Uh, I think the, uh better question is what is it about progressive public figures and storing emails in a bad way that is it as was well. this was it were these stored wrong is that why they got hacked i am gonna go out on a limb and headcanon that they were stored on a server in fauci's basement which was separated <laughs> from hillary's basement by like a six inch retaining wall Sure, let's go with that. It was a it was a son-in-law with a laptop, I'm sure. <laughs> no, but you know what I think it is. I think it's conservative media is like never really has evidence for their conspiracy theories, mm -hmm. and so when they do find something, they get really super excited about it. 
<laughs> oh, it could be that. Yeah, it also be that's that, possible. Like, in correspondences of thousands or tens of thousands of emails, you can, if you go through them with a fine-tooth comb, always find something that looks uh, bad, even sure. if it wasn't meant that way. But, yeah, we well, have... Well, what did they find here? They found a bunch of things in Fauci's emails, one of them which actually really does look pretty darn bad, in my opinion. Uh, that being that Fauci swore in the Senate that the, NIA, the NIH has not ever and does not now fund gain-of-function research in the Wuhan Institute of Virology. No, that's not true. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and uh, within those emails, there are uh, emails going back and forth from before he made this proclamation in the Senate uh, about gain-of-function research on... Uh, SARS viruses and uh, people saying, wow, can you imagine what would happen if this ever got out into the human population? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez, that would sure suck. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, Good thing we're not going to do that. It's, uh, oh, jeez, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> Quick 20 minute adventure, Morty, in and out. <laughs> um, uh. Yeah, he's. So th that at least seems to be a giant flat outlie on his part where he knew there was gain-of-function research and uh, just didn't want to talk about it because the lab leak hypothesis was, I don't know, politically inconvenient? I, racist. I, it was I, racist. It's, I don't know how it's less racist than any other. I think maybe because if there was it a... It just is, Inyash. Well, I, I think if there's a wet market, you can be like, oh, some stupid peasants, uh, what can you do about that? Whereas if it is a, you know, lab doing research, it's like, aha, now we must tell our government to go invade their government because they're doing labs wrong and no one wants a war with China, so... Now, Inyash, what you need to realize is... um. Any declarations of racism uh, where the people being who are the victims of racist of racism are Chinese are Chinese Communist Party psyops. Like this is not even a conspiracy theory. They they're they have troll farms that just declare anything they find politically inconvenient to be racist so that the Western media won't talk about it. Oh, man, the Chinese have troll farms now, too? Yep. When do we get our troll farms? It's called Fortune. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just the American public. <laughs> right. Yeah, we get our troll farms whenever Congress approves the uh, the uh, bounty board for 4chan. Yeah, we have a natural free-range organic troll farms. China may have yeah, China may have adopted the troll farms, but we were born within them. <laughs> they have they have factory troll farms. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that 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 lying thing is bad. There was also some stuff about masks that didn't quite match what he said publicly. What? I know. Are you telling us that Fauci wasn't being honest with us about masks? It's it's amazing that a politician would ever be slightly less than forthcoming about what they actually think. Are you calling Fauci a politician? He's a doctor, sir. <laughs> He's just He doesn't he doesn't pay attention to petty politics. That is beneath a man of his stature. Exactly. So, yeah, there's all that. Uh, it also says Fauci and Collins colluded on takedown of Great Barrington Declaration. Wasn't that the anti-cancel culture thing? No, I don't know uh, what this was. The anti-cancel culture thing was the Harper's letter that you're thinking of. Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> so, yeah, I have... <laughs> that would have been amazing if they called that the Barrington <laughs> Declaration. <laughs> that, that wasn't a bit, by the way. I actually got those two things confused. <laughs> So the the I have both uh, colluded and takedown in quotes on my notes here because the the all the sources that are using this crazy language are pretty far right wing sources and you can tell they're all fired up about it and I'm not sure how big of a deal it is but for those unfamiliar the Great Barrington Declaration is a bunch of uh, epidemiologists and other people in the medical establishment saying like you know what these lockdowns are going too far we don't need to do them anymore uh, here's lighter measures that we should take instead uh, which oh was that course, the one that um, that Great Britain was going to be doing when they first came out and were like we're not going to do lockdown we're just going to go with herd immunity the it's probably partly inspired by that, but this is back from October eighth. Oh, this is not the way back in the day Britain thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, but uh, anyways, Fauci and Collins are both you know really unhappy with this particular thing and say that it is done by fringe epidemiologists and whatever. And I I don't really have. Well, I mean, I guess I do have an opinion one way or the other on it, but I don't know enough about the people who have uh, signed on to this Great Barrington Declaration to have opinions on them. Uh, but 
I think like calling it colluding and a takedown is a bit extreme. It makes it sound very sinister when, you know, it's probably just like two guys saying like, look at these assholes over here. Obviously, we got to call them out in public, which is not quite the same as, you know, colluding to take down people. Yeah, I'm looking at these emails now and they're like, hey, this uh, look at this thing. This is dumb. And then they're like, oh, yeah, here's an article that says the other thing. That's not that. So this all seems pretty okay to me. Yeah. All right. Well, have fun um, hyperventilating about this uh, right-wing media. Oh, don't worry. They will. They always do, don't they? Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. So we've got another thing about uh, related to the lab leak hypothesis. Yes. One last COVID thing. Taiwan confirms that on December 11th, an assistant researcher was infected with the Delta variant in one of their labs while experimenting on the violent virus. It is a violent virus, man. Uh, Which, you know, I don't know. I would just expect that sometimes things like that happen. If you're experimenting with a virus that can infect humans, you might get infected with it. No, they swore to us. It never happens. So I don't think it's necessarily a huge deal, but it is, again, proof that anyone who swears that this never happens is an idiot because obviously it sometimes does and has. Yeah, which is why we shouldn't be doing gain-of-function research. Yeah. Because uh, accidents will happen. And if you're creating horrible superbugs, somebody's going to catch them. Just imagine what could happen if this got loose in the human population. Yeah, we should send some emails about that. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, next story. The Build Back Better bill appears to be dead. Uh, Joe Manchin has come out and <laughs> said he won't vote for it. Uh, they need his vote. So, it uh, doesn't appear to be going anywhere. Uh, Biden's admitted it's certainly not getting done th- this year. You know, which means in the next two weeks. Uh, and instead, they're going to pivot to v- focus on voting rights, uh, which I like. Um, there's a bill that they have uh, that, that, that they're promoting, which actually seems pretty good. Um, it's not perfect, but it's got some great stuff in it. Like it, first of all, outlaws gerrymandering, which I think is the most important thing. Um, Because if you'll recall, back in 2019, there was a case called Ruko versus Common Cause, where the Supreme Court basically said, eh, partisan gerrymandering's fine. If it's not, you know, let the legislature say so. I uh, do remember this was not specifically relating to this bill, but a while ago, uh, there was a proposal to outlaw gerrymandering, and the specific way they did it, I thought was fun. Uh, They proposed to use a um, computer algorithm to generate congressional districts, and they proposed that the text of the code be written into the law. (laughs) Wow. That would be awesome. Um, This bill doesn't mandate any specific mechanism. Uh, You know, it still lets the states figure out how to do it themselves, but it said it it can't be done for partisan reasons, uh, and the end result has to be... uh, you know, roughly um, representative of the state as a whole. And it allows it allows lawsuits. Um, and it says that these plans have to be put forward uh, within enough time that someone can sue before an election. Because uh, one of the th- one of the things they've been doing is trying to, like, sneak them in at the last minute. So you, so you can't even get to court before the election. Hmm. And then they're uh, stuck that way for the so next So that's good. Um, gerrymandering sucks. It's just yep. like naked partisanship and bullshit. Yeah. And uh, it would be great if uh, they couldn't do that anymore. Yeah. I will register the advanced prediction that passing this would constitute Congress doing their jobs and therefore it won't pass. But yeah. uh, hope springs eternal, I guess. Yeah. No, this definitely, I mean, almost certainly is not going to pass. Now, Joe Manchin's a co-sponsor of the bill, so it's not its not going to be him stopping it from passing, but I don't think he's going to blow up the filibuster over it, which is the only way it gets through, because uh, zero Republicans are going to vote for this. So is this still called the Build Better bill, or is this a different bill? No, it's a completely different bill. Oh, okay. I thought we were t- they were just really modifying Build Better. <laughs> no. Okay. No, it's... Um, I, I looked up the name before. It's like the Let America Vote Act. Uh, the Freedom to Vote Act is what it's called. Please, please, please tell me that Freedom to Vote is a uh, is an acronym. FTP? I don't think it is. No, no, oh. like all the letters. <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> that would be great. I don't, I don't think it's an acronym. Um, 
it uh, so other stuff in here is it allows local administrators of elections to sue for unlawful removal, which is important because a bunch of red states have been passing a bunch of election related bills saying that they can just remove any local administrators that they want to if the you know if the numbers don't come out the way they wanted them to. Um, this is the thing they tried pretty hard to do in the last election and now are passing bills to make it legal. So it would be great if uh, they couldn't do that. That'd be cool. Yep, it's pretty ballsy. Um, automatic voter registration is in the bill, which there's really no reason not to do. Uh, there's some stuff about making it harder to remove people from voter rolls. I don't get too worked up about that kind of stuff because I don't. I never. I never see much evidence this has much of an effect on anything. But it's one of those dirty tricks Republicans are always trying to pull. So then, if people show up to vote, they'll be like, "Oh, sorry, your name's not on the list. Better GTFO." Um, it also mandates same-day registration and online registration. So you can register to vote on the internet. Imagine that. You don't have to f- go somewhere in person or fill out a card. Wow. Party like it's 1999. Yeah, right? My God, the internet. <laughs> the World Wide Web. Yeah. Mandates two weeks of early voting and makes Election Day a national holiday, which is... Oh. Yeah. Cool. Good stuff. Um, makes... Uh, Mandates excuse pre- excuse free vote by mail. Yeah, this shit's never passing in a million years. I mean, it's not like there every there's not a single thing in here that one <laughs> one Republican would vote for. Um, I don't think they'll have trouble getting all the Democrats to vote for it. And it's really just you know what are the moderates? What are are, are they gonna make an exception to their like? No, no, we should still have the filibuster position. Um. You know, Manchin, Manchin has, he's kind of wobbly on this. Like, he said he, he wants to keep the filibuster, but he's also said he's open to, like, you know, doing some modifications to it, uh, which I don't know what that means, but he's left himself some space to be like, no, no, I didn't change my position. This is always always what I thought. And you so. you are strongly on the side of filibuster has to go, right? Oh, absolutely. It's the worst rule in the entire government. It's the reason the the legislative branch can't do anything. Yeah, yeah. I I am in favor of keeping the filibuster, but I think all filibusters need to be talking filibusters. And if they oh. stop talking for more than like the time it takes to draw breath or leave the floor for any reason, then it can go to a vote. I was certainly a compromise for that. Um, and that's that's kind of the sort of thing that people think Mansion might go for. It's like, yeah, we're keeping the filibuster. You just have to actually filibuster. Yeah. And especially because we're ruled by a bunch of 80-year-old gerontocrats, it'll be very oh, yeah. funny. Then you'll then then they'll start electing like young, healthy like athletes <laughs> <laughs> whose whose main skill is they can just stand and talk for for days at a time. Well, each party would only really need one or two though. Well, no, but you got to swap them out. You need at least uh, two okay, so uh, the one right. can go can go sleep while the other one's talking. Yeah. It's, I mean, ideally, you want at least five. I, you know, if we could just keep going down this road and slipping this slide, we could uh, eventually get to, to like, uh, rule by, by uh, what do you call the thing, where you lock your hands together and try to force the other one down? Arm wrestle. There we go. <laughs> no, you're thinking of hands across America. <laughs> Either one is a better system than what we have now. Yeah. Um, it, uh, so, the, interestingly, the bill does allow voter ID, which is probably how they got, which is probably because of Manchin. Um, it says, okay, you can have voter ID. Um, you don't have to, but if you do, you have to, uh, accept things like school IDs, um, or a bank statement or a utility bill. Um, or if somebody has, doesn't have ID, they can have like a friend come in them and fill out a sworn affidavit. That's like, I know this guy, I know who he is, hmm. uh, which I don't think anyone's actually going to do. Cause it seems like way too much of a hassle to do something as dumb as voting. Hmm. Uh, but you know, that's, that's fine. Um, it reenfranchises felons, which is great. Oh, that is great. On the yeah. national level? On the national level. So, like, states can't have laws against it anymore? Nope. Wait, so can't? does it mean that if you're convicted of a state-level felony, you're still allowed to vote? Or does it just mean that federal felons are reenfranchised? Um, my thought, what I read, was that it, it mandates that states have to allow state-level felons to vote. Isn't that unconstitutional to require states to change their laws like that? No, because it's federal elections. Oh. They can't. I don't think they can mandate. I don't think they can mandate that they can vote in state elections. 
But yeah. no one gives a fuck about state elections. Right. Yeah. Huh. And um, states had elections. I don't then they I mean maybe they can cuz what does the constitution mean anyway? Um, but my guess here is that this only applies to federal elections. Um, there's, uh, oh, and it, and (laughs) I think this is like in direct response to Georgia. It, it says that anyone can bring food and water for people standing in line to vote. (laughs) I I do love legislative subtweeting. Yeah. Like, let's just, let's just, you know, troll them with the bill. And requires paper ballots. I love that. Yeah? Yeah. It brings brings to mind that XKCD about how they're um, a bunch of incredibly smart people doing absolutely brilliant work in cryptographic voting protocols, and none of them should ever be used in any consequential election until everyone currently working in the field is dead. Yeah. Um, so what it, you can still, it still allows voting machines, but it says there has to be like a paper ballot that it prints out that you, the voter can look at and verify, uh, which I think is probably a good idea because considering this, some, I get the, uh, considering our next story, which we'll get to in a minute, um, there is some dumb stuff in the bill, um, like requiring voting machines to be made in America, which is just dumb protectionism. That's the same thing that got us the Jones Act. That that seems like maybe not the dumbest possible thing. It's not the like dumbest I, possible. Thing. Yeah, like I'd prefer something like um, uh, they have to be made in like an OECD country that isn't China or something like that. Oh, um, but you're okay buying them from the KGB. I, I'm okay buying them from like Japan, Britain, France, Germany. Um, you know, countries that aren't actively <laughs> trying to undermine our election system. Yeah. Um, the, the, uh, my least favorite part is that it, it, uh, defines a bunch of new crimes around voter suppression. Yeah. Like it makes it, it makes it a federal crime to, uh, try to prevent someone from voting. Um, it makes it a crime to pay someone not to vote. Hmm. Uh, it's already a crime to pay someone to vote, but now this would, this would make it a crime to pay someone not to vote. Um, and there's a, there's like five or six more of them that are all like different kinds of voter suppression that are like, these are federal crimes now. Uh, and it's all bad stuff that people shouldn't do, but I'm just never in favor of making new things crimes. I want to know how the heck I can get paid to not vote. I would, yes, if you're listening to this and you want to pay people to not vote, get in touch. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> and like we said, this bill probably isn't going to pass, so it's probably going to be legal for a while. Nice. Um, so do you guys have any, any more comments about the, the voting rights bill? Mm, no, it's all I got. All right. Um, uh, like I said, I hope it, it, it sounds like a good bill. It's unfortunate that it probably won't pass, but maybe, uh, Joe Manchin and Kristen Cinema will have a change of heart about their full-throated support for the shitty way we do the filibuster. All right. Next story, uh, which we had promised a minute ago is about hacking. Yes. Uh, there is a, <laughs> so this, I don't know if it's actually pronounced Log4J or Logforge, um, because well, we know that pronunciation out. is your strong suit. Exactly. So just, just, I'll use both and you guys can pretend I'm talking about it, two different things if you want. I it's, didn't even put that together that that could say Logforge, but it's probably that. It's Logforge because it forges logs. Eh, I mean, yeah, sure. But then why did they put a 4J? It, it because just, it's it the internet, like Ineash. That's what they I, do. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be like log for JavaScript or something. But I call it Forge because it forges logs. <laughs> oh, um, well, whatever you do, don't turn off your JavaScript. I, no, never. Um, <laughs> I, I personally think it was for a guy named Jay. It was like a birthday present for him, so... That's what it's log for j All right. So what's it do? Okay. Uh, it's a very commonly used thing, which, as uh, David said, makes logs of what your websites are doing, what your computer's doing. Uh, it's it's a Java thing to make logs. Uh, and it is incredibly is widespread. It, is it Java or JavaScript? Uh, Sorry. One of those. Those, are, those are different. It, it's one of those. Um, <laughs> it, it is actually Java. Oh, okay. My, my um, Oh, yeah. That's why they were able to my, use it in Minecraft. Yeah, my winning strategy is um, don't care about differences between Java and JavaScript, and if someone starts yelling at me that I got it wrong, just smile and nod. 
I like that one. Uh, I right. can't see it because I'm on a podcast, but I'm smiling and nodding right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, I'm uh, being pedantic and pointing out that this one is Java. Okay. Uh, it is very commonly used in lots and lots of software, lots of servers out there. Uh, it's a logging library. All an attacker has to do to exploit this flaw that has been found is uh, send a string that eventually gets logged by LogForge, uh, version 2 or higher, and uh, that will let the attacker load any arbitrary code they want onto a server, which lets them take complete control. It's it's mind-bogglingly bad. Um, when and, I write logging software, sterilizing my inputs is my lowest priority, too. <laughs> That's why I always put script stuff in my kids' names. Anytime anyone tries to track them, if their code has not been, uh, if their inputs haven't been sterilized, they get fucked over. I have no idea what we're talking about. It's an old XKCD comic where he names his kids things that have yeah. script commands in them. <laughs> Little Bobby Maybe. Tables. Yes, exactly. Uh, anyways, uh, they, yeah, uh, it's been exploited in uh, Minecraft, just using the Minecraft chat function. Also, you just said an evil thing. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> <laughs> a Twitter, Twitter users began changing their display names to code strings that could trigger it, and uh, it's you know kind of ruined Christmas for uh, people in your life who are in the IT industry possibly because everyone had to go and fix this as fast as they possibly could. Uh, there are some new vulnerabilities popping up, but they aren't as bad as the initial one was, and a lot of these things are getting patched and fixed. So you know it was an incredibly bad thing that was fixed very quickly because of how bad it was. Uh, this was just soon after we recorded the last one. We barely missed it. Uh, interestingly, Belgium's defense ministry said that it shut down parts of its computer network due to a LogForge attack, and they were tight-lipped on what exactly happened and wouldn't give any other details when asked questions, but that's interesting. I, I hope someday they, uh, they get nukes so that people can hack their nukes. I mean... They're probably the ones being responsible here, other than the people that just left their networks up. Yeah. <laughs> this makes me feel better about Belgium. I mean, it's probably happened to lots of places, and they just haven't told us about it. Yeah. Or or they just didn't notice. Ooh. I, I still haven't forgiven Belgium for the whole King Leopold thing, but this is definitely better than not. You know what? Belgium makes all the best beer, so just leave them alone. <laughs> you have one bad king. <laughs> all right. Uh, some more political news. David, is this you? Uh, negative. Oh, oh yeah, I forgot to tag that. Sorry, that one is me. Uh, RNC, for people who are not in the U.S. or don't follow politics that closely, uh, the RNC is the Republican National Committee. They do basically all the election stuff for, um, for the Republicans when they are trying to elect presidents. And... The venerous senators too, right? They're like the yes. entire. Okay, yeah, they're the entire apparatus. Anyways, uh, they rolled out uh, last month uh, RNC Pride, an outreach program for you know the gays. The gays. <laughs> this was formally rolled out by a log cabin Republican, which has always been my favorite tongue-in-cheek name for a uh, a you know right-wing political gay group uh, that I, I can't not say the name when they pop up. Uh, it was at a gala at Mar-a-Lago, so I guess they are womp, in, womp. Yeah, into the Trump thing, but I guess that also kind of makes sense because Trump was always down with the gays too. He didn't give a fuck. Um, but uh, they got pushback, I guess, predictably by some of the crazy religious nuts in the Republican Party, which I had almost forgotten existed because they just haven't been very influential the past 10 years. Uh, and apparently still not very influential, thank God, because uh, the RNC, after a little bit of backtracking, said, no, you know what, we're, we're sticking with this this RNC pride thing. It's a good thing, and uh, it's not going to change the Republican Party to reach out to these people. So that was, that was kind of cool. I, right. I'd like to see them evolving, even yeah. though they are the worst party. At least, right. you know, one aspect of them will be less bad now. Yeah, I wanted to do a bit where I said, quote, good for you, Republican Party, unquote, but I almost threw up in my mouth and decided <laughs> not to. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the, uh, I mean, the long-term hope is the Republican Party stops being so shit, mm -hmm. um, so this is a baby step in that direction. The nice thing, uh, the, the nice thing about the, sort of the religious assholes in the Republican Party and how marginalized they are is that the one place that I feel like they're not that, well, there's two places they're not that marginalized. One sucks and one doesn't. The first one's abortion. Uh, yeah. That sucks. And they still keep a lot of sway there. But the other one is school choice. Mm. 
because they're always the ones pushing for it because they want to send their kids to religious schools. Yeah. Um, but school choice is good for everybody. It is. Yeah. So, uh, you know, then it's, it's nice that they're not just like 100% going the wrong direction about everything. Yeah. Everything has, not everything. Many things have a silver lining. Even COVID has some good parts and that those good parts also have to do with school. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Next story. Uh, so you guys remember that Texas abortion law, speaking of abortion, right? Where they were like, oh, you can let private citizens sue and then you can't get an injunction against it because you don't know who to make the injunction against. Uh, as predicted, (laughs) California is trying to use that, uh, to outlaw guns and basically just copying the Texas law and replacing the word abortion with sale of guns. You know, I... I like the aspect that now we do uh, legislation by trolling. Uh, this is a step <laughs> forward, in my opinion, uh, because I come from the internet, and trolling is a proud tradition of our peoples. But uh, I don't know how serious they actually are about this. It was just something that um, Newsom said he was going to do. Yeah. I don't think anything has actually been proposed, so I am kind of skeptical that this is going to go anywhere. Yeah, think- so far it's all just been a press release, Yeah. Um, so they're probably not actually going to do it. But uh, it would be funny. And would I would support great, yeah. I would support them doing it just for you know just for the joke exactly for the lulls for the ah. lulls it also it also wouldn't work at all because I, and I this is what I said back when we talked about this before when somebody suggested they do that gun sellers aren't going to stop selling guns so they'll sell the guns somebody will sue them and then you'll have a person to issue the injunction against so uh, couldn't wouldn't that also work for abortion providers yeah. Uh, the problem was that all the abortion providers in the state of Texas stopped offering abortions. Yeah. So, because um, now I think now I think somebody eventually did um, offer one, and now there's an ongoing lawsuit. Okay, so you're saying that gun sellers just have more balls? Well, they're also less. There's also less at stake there. Like the um, what? Like I said, this isn't a bill yet, but I'm sure the penalty for selling a gun would be much less than you know, killing a so-called human being. Maybe if they uh, if they did the law right. Yeah, I mean, what even is the penalty for the uh, Texas law? I think it's. I actually think it's just uh, like a five figure fine. Yeah, I think it's like ten thousand dollars or something. Yeah, and yeah. probably the cost of defending yourself in court, which is going to be at least that much, probably yeah. a lot more. Yeah. So it's not high enough that that, I, that no one was willing to chance it. Um, but you know, I, I I thought this was a silly thing that I wanted to mention because it's funny. Yeah. yeah. Uh, of course, it's Gavin Newsom. Yeah, He's such a fucking clown. Of course, he goes for the troll law, which, like, on the one hand, game recognized game, but <laughs> on the other hand, fuck Gavin Newsom. Yeah, right. Like, I, <laughs> I'm just trying to distract everyone from the fact that they hate you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, even though, even though he was uh, not recalled. Uh, okay. Next story. Uh, I should have covered this before when we were talking about China being shitty. Yeah, probably. Uh, so there's a woman named Peng Peng Shui. Uh, Inyash, you want to help me out here? How do you pronounce that? Nope. <laughs> I believe it's Ping Pong Jing Chong. <laughs> that that is racist. I am being paid by the Chinese Communist Party to say this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Peng Shui. Um, on November second, she went on like their uh, whatever social media she uses. Something I never heard of. WeChat. But it was like Weibo. Is that just the Chinese name for WeChat? Uh, uh, <laughs> it's not Weibo. <laughs> Weibo is a slang term for people who like anime. Way too no, that's much. Weibo. Yeah, well, you can pronounce it either way, sir. Um, I mean, I guess we probably shouldn't take me for yeah. I think I think here. I think yeah, Weibo. Right? If I remember right, Weibo is like a a general platform. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like um, fucking Meta or whatever. Nah. Uh, and WeChat is specifically the social media component gotcha. of it. Well, this is not important at all. Yep. Uh, so what she did was she accused a Chinese government official of sexual assault. This was like a pretty high-ranking guy. He was like a vice president at some point. Um, and was like then disappeared for a couple of weeks with no one able to get in touch with her. She put out like written statements that were probably not even her being like, oh, yeah, everything's fine. I'm just not feeling well. Or some bullshit like that. Um, and unlike every other sporting association in the world, the Women's Tennis Association uh, made a big deal about this. They canceled all their events in China um, and have just been relentlessly criticizing the Chinese government about it, which is amazing and awesome. 
Yeah. And uh, of course, it's the Women's Tennis Association that's the only one that has any balls. <laughs> um, I Googled this story today, actually, and it turns out she has since been released and has been making public appearances and now is claiming that she never accused anyone of anything, which yeah. is such obvious bullshit because it's there in writing. She's been making public appearances in the mm. sense that she has been going to public events and not talking to the media. And if you think that uh, she hasn't been going to these events while men just off camera have been um, ominously drumming their fingers on the butts of pistols and her family cries in buildings several miles away while other men do more than ominously drumming their fingers on the butts of pistols i have a bridge in brooklyn to sell you yeah there's no way that she isn't being compelled by the chinese government yeah especially because it's an obvious lie like yeah it's in writing we have it she made the accusation and now that she's like it'd be you know, it still wouldn't be believable. It would be more believable if she came out and said, oh, yeah, I said that, but I was just, you know, I was making things up for attention or because I'm a bad person or whatever. But no, she says, I never said that. <laughs> and you're like, um, okay. This is, like, obviously being compelled. Um, and to their credit, the Women's Tennis Association is not buying it. They have not, um, they haven't reinstated any of their Chinese events. And so as far as I can tell, they're not planning to. Yeah, that's awesome. And, uh, oh, and one of the uh, public appearances she has made that was not at all suspicious was with the chairman of the International Olympic Committee. Not only is the International Olympic Committee, like, a completely open secret that they're 100% in China's pockets, the chairman of the Ol International Olympic Committee actually has, like done public appearances and so on with the guy that raped Peng Shui. They have, of course, come out and said, oh, well, you know, she said she didn't uh, accuse anyone of anything, so we believe her. Everything's fine. No need to, no need to worry about this anymore. Uh, so in conclusion, don't watch the Olympics. I, damn it. I'm just going to keep doing what I always have done then. Yeah. yeah, right. And, and also, on the vague chance that we have anyone who can, like, have any influence at Olympic sponsors or with Olympic athletes, uh, where it's looking like America might do a diplomatic boycott, which means just, like, we still show up and play and stuff, but uh, we don't send, like, any of the government delegates. Uh, yeah, that's the current plan. If we have anyone who can, like, push through policy at any sort of big corporations that sponsor the Olympics or with the athletes themselves or anything like this, uh, we really should be doing quite a bit more than a diplomatic boycott of this one. Yeah. Because of the Peng Shui thing and also the genocide thing and also the political oppression thing and dot dot dot. You know, the China thing. Yeah, the China thing. All right, but anyway, we're still talking about the news. Yes. Yeah. But we're going to stop talking about the depressing news, and we're going to start talking about happy news. Yay. Good news, everyone. Uh, and our first piece of happy news is from Enion. Yes, uh, this is something I just found earlier today. I haven't looked too hugely into it, but uh, it looks like a man was possibly cured of type 1 diabetes using uh, stem cells. They, they grew new pancreas, yeah, new pancreatic cells from unprogrammed stem cells and injected them into his pancreas. And they, they produce insulin now. He's 64 years old. And his the daily insulin, his daily insulin requirements have dropped by 91%, which is not, you know, completely cured, but still a big difference. And, you know, one step on the, the researching of stem cells to make lives better thing. So that is... Yeah. Yeah, that's still pretty awesome. I remember back in the '90s when everyone was fighting over stem cell research. We were we were promised things like this, mm -hmm. so uh, it would be great if that actually turned out to be accurate. Yeah, and then the religious right got it into their head that this is abortion medicine, and then we didn't have good things. And the bioethicists were with them the whole way. Ah, oh, fucking bioethicists! 
All right. Our next piece of happy news is from David. Yeah, so uh, I am pretty sure I've talked on this podcast about the book Where's My Flying Car by Josh Hall. Um, it you is a book which answers the question in the title uh, and I think does so rather effectively. I learned a lot of really surprising things about uh, when I was reading this, such as flying cars being totally technologically possible and not all that hard to drive. Um, and it was recently republished through Stripe Publishing. And that uh, republication included an audiobook. Uh, it was not read by me. I asked Josh if he wanted me to read an audiobook for it. And he, like, I asked him, like, a week after he finished the talks with Stripe Publishing to get it republished. And so he was like, oh, man, that's so cool that you would offer. But I actually have other plans in that regard, uh, but I asked because I just wanted the audiobook to exist, and now it does. So, yeah. With no work on your part. <laughs> yeah. So, the best way it Actually, happened. with some work on my part, because I did record a couple of episodes just for funsies, ah. but uh, it's actually been really fun because there are a few sentences that are a little bit um, uh, esoteric, shall we say. And uh, mm. I have noticed the narrator for the um, official publication stumbling over some of the same sentences I did. And it's given me a wonderful feeling of communion with my fellow man. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll definitely check that when out. What was the first publishing? Um, I want to say it was in like 2019 or something. Okay. All right. Well. Now it's time to move on to troop deployments. I'm willing to put wave after wave of men at your disposal. As we all know, politics is the mind killer and arguments are soldiers. So in that spirit, we ask each of our hosts to send out a soldier onto the battlefield each episode. And we'll start with David. So Elon Musk recently got into a Twitter spat with Liz Warren, as Elon Musk is wont to do. Uh, Warren accused Musk of, quote, not paying his fair share of taxes, unquote. Musk pointed out that he's due to pay the biggest tax bill in U.S. history, uh, which is true, and then he said, don't spend it all in one place. Oh, wait, you already did, which is irrelevant to the point I'm trying to make, but still very funny. Um, and this reminded me of a paper by Nobel laureate economist William Nordhaus. This paper showed that most extremely rich entrepreneurs receive only around 2% of their marginal product as personal income. Just think how much extra productivity was made possible by the personal computing revolution. As vast as Gates' wealth is, it's minuscule in proportion to his marginal product. Despite the fact that they consistently, and dare I say unfairly, get uh, largely deprived of the material benefits of the boons they give us, People refuse to shut the fuck up about how awful the super-rich are. Instead, they consistently call them parasites and other terrible things. Now let's not lose sight of the fact that any of these people can, in fact, soak up their tears from their chronic bullying with fistfuls of $100 bills. But it is worth pointing out that if we treated any other demographic group, especially if the group was based on something like skin color instead of personal income, as badly as we treat the extremely rich, there would be absolutely no doubt that that group would be a persecuted minority. All right. Thank you, David. Uh, Eniash, what do you have for us? Uh, I have, I guess, a little bit of a downer uh, this this week. Um, it's it's a death acknowledgement, and I feel weird about these death acknowledgement things because I think it's kind of shitty that we forget about people that do great things until they die, and then suddenly there's this big outpouring, and everybody's talking about how great they were and how influential they were, and it just, I, I, I always think, man, this would have been great one month before they died, so they could at least see the appreciation and feel good about it, you know? Um, but also it's... It's hard to know when to have those because at least a death is a very large visible shelling point that only happens once. Uh, and and you don't know when to say this person is done doing all their things and we should appreciate them. So, you know, I, I think it would be nice if maybe when people reach their 70th birthday, they we have a tradition of roasting them or uh, or when they retire or something. But there needs to be some, some way we can do this sort of thing that doesn't require someone to die first. Especially if we're going to get on the whole stop people from dying forever thing. Uh, but after all this beating around the bush, I, I am saying that Anne Rice died last week, December 11th, at 80 years old. Um, and she was a one of the founding artists behind the modern goth aesthetic, which I consider a really big part of 
of who I am, of what I like. I just, I really love how the goth style looks. And um, I, I figured I should pay my respects to someone who's done a lot to create the community that I enjoy. So yeah, Anne Rice, uh, most famous for writing Interview with the Vampire and uh, for going kind of crazy and becoming a Catholic later and then unbecoming a Catholic. Lots of things. Most famous for the Interview with the Vampire. Let's leave it at that. <laughs> uh, that's it. That's my that's my trip to play. All right. Yeah. Uh, Thank you, Inia. I learned about I learned about her passing on my birthday. It was the worst birthday present ever. Aw. Lame. Yeah. All right. So my troop deployment this week, I have a short one for you, which is that it's okay to have boundaries at Christmas. Like many people, I spend Christmas with my extended family, and lucky for me, they're great and I enjoy it. But not everyone does. So I just want to say that if you don't enjoy spending Christmas with your family, you don't have to. You can do your own thing. You can spend it with a friend, or take a tropical vacation, or just do nothing. There's no law against it. Trust me, I'm a lawyer. I'd also like to remind people that their children get to have boundaries also, especially when it comes to bodily autonomy. If your child doesn't want to give a hug to Aunt Margaret, she doesn't have to. Please do not make your kids fake displays of affection for people they do not feel affection for. I'm lucky that my child is two, so she is going to make her own decisions about that sort of thing and there's nothing I can do to stop her. But if you have older kids, please make it clear to them that they are in charge of their own bodies and their own feelings, and they don't have to give anyone affection if they don't want to. People may be offended, but it's worth a little impoliteness in order to show kids that they are allowed to have boundaries. That's a really good one. Here, here. All right, that's our show for this week. Merry Christmas, everybody, or happy holidays or season's greetings, uh, whichever one you prefer. Uh, please follow us on all the places. Um, leave us reviews and subscribe to our Substack. You get episodes early, you get access to bonus episodes, and you get access to our subscriber-only Discord channel. So give us your money and come back in two weeks. Same rat time, same rat channel. Bye. Bye.